2: This is Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 10th, 2020. And brought to you today by Chemtrace Chem Chromium. You can learn more about how Chemtrace Chromium can help your horse be his best at Kemon.com slash chromium EQ. And Kemen, by the way, is spelled with a K. The Hitam crew is out and about today gathering intel. For future epic episodes. So sit back and enjoy this previously aired masterpiece from the hidden audio vaults featuring the lowdown on Summer Hoof Care, a trip on the Wayback Machine from the Chronicle of the Horse, plus a bonus Equestrians Can Relate Crappy List.
3: Yep, it's Monday. All right, let's take it from the top again.
2: <laughs>
0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, Jamie, did you hear about the horse that walked into the bar in New Orleans?
4: Tell me about the horse that walked into the bar, Glenn. I
0: know it sounds like a joke, but it actually happened. So this horse uh, heard a certain song playing and apparently really likes that song. So uh, Ace decided to take a walk into the bar while they were playing. Any guesses? I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride
4: till I can no more. I'm gonna take my horse. <laughs> that
0: exactly one? right. You hit it on the head. It was NOPD officer Joseph Jones and his horse Ace were walking by, and apparently the horse loves this song. I didn't realize, but the NOPD officers teach their horses to dance. So they can entertain the crowds out in the streets, and basically, you know, it's basically
4: all... they teach them to leg yield.
0: Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, so they <laughs> teach them to dance. So that's what they say. They teach them to dance and also leg yield, so they can trap somebody against the wall. But. For the general population, it looks like dancing, and apparently this is one of the, the horse's deck. favorites. We'll songs. The so there's a video I of the horse head. walking right into the bar,
4: like,
0: yeah. and then uh, and then backing out after he figured Ain't out
4: nobody that, tell me that <laughs> that nobody would serve him a drink, so he left. Um. Oh boy, probably shouldn't drink <laughs> on the job anyway.
0: Ace, jeez. <laughs> so Ace had a video that went viral a while back where he was dancing in a school auditorium. Um, to, to, I forget which song it was, uh, but that video, I remember watching it went absolutely viral. Uh, so anyway, Ace is back in the news. Fantastic. Old Town Road. Perfect song to dance to when you're a horse in a bar. Hey, did
4: Jennifer tell us what's coming up on today's show? I don't know. Or did Jennifer, you, did, why, did you, you jump in front of her? Next?
2: <laughs> I did. I did not do that because we had to hear about the car, the horse going into the bar. <laughs>
0: And I forget how to do this show, apparently. So,
2: yeah, coming up on today's show, Steve Krauss, who is the head of farrier services at Cornell University. You've heard him before. He's going to have the lowdown on summertime hoof health and summertime hoof care. Yes, it's hoof. And then Abby is going to stop by with another installment of the Chronicle of the Horse through history. Woohoo! Stay tuned for the fray, folks.
0: Do you know I hate when we have segments about horses' feet because of that?
4: Listen, people. You I'll be leading the episode that interview, so it will be pronounced correctly. We're not British. Okay, carry on.
0: <laughs> so I'm giving my uh, I'm giving my daily Winnie to not birthdays because I can find any, but I'm giving my daily Winnie to Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground and all our friends down there because longtime listeners will know we've done shows from down there. We've had them on the show. And we went down there to ride, Wendy and I and Jennifer and everybody. We went down and we did a show from Disney. Well, Circle D, Tri-Circle D Ranch is getting brand new barns. So uh, I wanted to give my Daily Winnie to all of our friends down there. They call them the happiest horses on earth. And, and the barns were kind of run down. So uh, But according to the drawings uh, that we see, they're going to be some pretty spiffy digs. There was talk uh, for a while of getting rid of the pony rides at Fort Wilderness, but I guess seeing there, it looks like they're investing probably what looks like about a million or two million dollars in barns. I would say they're going to stay around. So good news for good news for the horse world and everybody at Disney. Congratulations.
4: Well, I know she's listening, so I have to give a daily winnie to J.K. Rowling. Oh, wait, (laughs) she's
0: probably we met her while we were over there. She was so excited to meet us.
4: I'm sure I'm sure Uh, I would like to give my daily winnie to her because it is a very sad news to report that J.K. Rowling has officially fallen off. She has fallen off. She's one of the first ever to fall off the Forbes billionaire list. She is going broke. She's fallen off the Ford's billionaire list. Guess why? Can you guess why?
0: I have no idea.
4: Because she keeps giving away all her money. Ah. She is so amazing. This is her quote. You have a moral responsibility when you've been given far more than you need and to do wise things with it and to give it intelligently. She started a nonprofit and has given away like... I mean, like a billion dollars. It's insane. She get, She's given away an estimated $160 million. And that is only 16% of her fortune, but that's a big number. And she started a nonprofit. I'm sure everybody already knows this. I'm telling you nothing you know, called Lumos, a charity she founded, which helps tens of thousands of orphaned children either reunite with their family or find forever families. Oh, my God. I love her.
0: It's amazing how much money, if you write the most successful books in the world that turn into the most successful movies in the world, how much money you can make.
4: I mean, there's like at least four of them. So good (laughs) job, guys.
0: (laughs) And, you know, a lot of the billionaires are doing that, I guess. uh, With the Gates Foundation, they're giving away a lot of their money and just a whole bunch of billionaires now are doing something good.
4: Well, you know, she started out, like, basically, like, lived in a car because nobody we would publish the book.
0: the place where she would sit above or in the bar or whatever in Edinburgh. We passed uh-huh. the place where she wrote some of the books.
4: Oh, oh. wow. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So, it is pretty that's cool. It's amazing. And, and of course, the one street there in Edinburgh uh, is just – she took and made Diagon Alley, just basically designed it after that street. We spent a lot of time in that street walking up and down the hill. It had a hill in Edinburgh, not in, in the movies. So
4: I have some news that you are going to absolutely love, Glenn. Yes. You're going to be amazed, okay? Are you sitting down? I, I am the last living black beauty from the movie just celebrated its 30th birthday. I know you celebrate all things black beauty. So I thought maybe we'd have a little bit of a little time here to celebrate Billy, who is one of the five black horses who starred in the 94 adaptation of the Anna Sewell novel. He is an Orlov trotter. He was imported from Moscow at the end of 1992. There's not enough black horses in England, apparently. Uh, And he was, (laughs) uh after the the movie he was bought by um the groom who had him the the lou louise who worked as a groom on the film set bought him once the filming had finished so happy birthday black beauty
0: all right well let me play i'll break down and actually play the birthday song for this horse oh wait a minute wait a minute wrong one that's not it um Oh Oh, there it is. There it is. Happy birthday.
1: Happy, happy birthday to you.
0: (laughs) Which one are they remaking? Is it the Black Stallion? One of the two they're remaking. Was it Black Beauty or Black Stallion? I don't
4: know. Just announced. I I think
0: it's Black Stallion they're remaking.
4: I think it's like Black Beauty, but it's like a girl. I I don't know. I I, I think I remember seeing something about that being like, "Mm, that is not at all. (laughs) The story.
0: Well, if you have a horse that you would like to do something good with, the Pennsylvania State Police are seeking donations for their mounted patrol unit. They're looking for horses that are between 5 and 15 years old and stand between 16 and 18 hands tall. They prefer draft horses and draft crosses. uh, And... Not so much thoroughbreds or other hot bloods; they call them are less desirable. So, if you have a hot blooded thoroughbred that likes to uh, run away, that's not a good option for the police horse. Uh, they will undergra- undergo a 120 day trial to determine uh, their propriety, which includes a vet exam and seeing if they're good in crowds and gunfire and things like that. So they said it. What they do is they are looking for quiet horses, free of serious stable vices. So I guess if you have an avid cripper, the, cripper, they're not going to take that one either. Um, so are they
4: going to buy them, or are
0: they going to? No, you donate them, and then they give them back when they're done, or they find a permanent home for them. Oh,
4: that sounds fun! Home. So get your horse completely, perfectly trained, and, and it's perfectly well behaved, and right. then give it away.
0: <laughs> they have Twenty-eight horses at the police academy in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which we sounds... used to drive by all the time. Oh, well so good luck. Uh, there you I, go. I did
4: sell a horse to a police uh police station. Remember that, Jack Daniels?
0: Yes. Oh, that's right. So, well these yes. the Pennsylvania's poor, they're seeking donations. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> they
4: want it for appropriate.
0: <laughs> so that's what's going on there. That's Fantastic. my big news. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, I have um I have a weird I I can either I can do one of two things for you, Glenn. I can do a another one of those weird news segments. uh, An
0: hour or fifteen more of the show would be great.
4: okay (laughs) yeah i can do that um so i have either a training tip or i can do another see i'm an insomniac and i don't sleep very good and i woke up at like four in the morning and so i just go through usa today and i find like the most random reading a news
0: site is not going to help you go back to sleep Now, no well it doesn't newsflash (laughs) how about we do the training tip and we'll uh we'll get to more news later
4: Okay. Sounds good. So on Facebook, one of our listeners tagged me in a post and said, do you have any suggestions? And this is kind of a bad advice from horse people by horse people slash training tip because uh, somebody posted, there's a, a Facebook page called horse training question answers, questions answered, asked and suggestions. Okay. That's a long mouthful for a training Facebook page. So anyway, the lady writes, I need tips. I have an 11-year-old quarter horse mare that I got about two months ago. She's been pretty much a pasture pet for most of her life now. She's absolutely beautiful under saddle at the walk and trot, but bucks every time she's asked for a canner, regardless of how hard she has worked. And of course, the pictures of the horse in a Western saddle completely lathered and Wet every time she's asked for a lope regardless of how she works, she bucks. I've used different saddles, pads, etc., with the same result. She's been seen by a chiropractor, no pain. She's purely rebelling. Anyway, any tips on what else I can put on the saddle to add weight? She is unfazed by the weight of water jugs. They've got pictures of like jugs with like tide pod type containers with I guess they haven't saddled. What are on they the doing with yet. them? I don't know, oh, okay. but anyway, she's now unfazed by the weight of the jugs filled with water and need ideas of things that won't easily bust. Because apparently, she's all wet and lathered because the water <laughs> jugs are busting on top of her back. Let's, okay, first of all, that's always what are you
0: doing? That's always calming for a horse.
4: <laughs> Why are you putting water jugs on a horse's back? Are I'm you just not afraid seen to... that one? No, um, they don't so do that's...
0: that it Road to the Horse, by the way. I'm just saying.
4: So. I I can't, and somebody else is like <laughs> tie up a feed bag or a bag of grain. I mean, if you need a dummy rider, make a dummy rider. You know, like make a dummy. I get a, a i when I dummy I've used is like a snow, you know, like a head to toe snow outfit, and you stuff it full and you put it on their back. It's not about the weight. It's just train you train your horse. So. People are saying tie up a bag of feed on her back. It's not. It's not the weight that they care about. Uh, a pair of jeans fill them with sand. Um, when they here's another suggestion is when it canters uh, and bucks, kick it. Um, somebody else said, well, that's why she's just been a pasture horse. <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> um, so here's here's the reason that here's the way the reason horses buck. When they're going into the canner, think about this. This horse has been standing around for 11 years, most likely has not been in a pasture of 400 acres of hills. So basically, you've taken this horse that's been standing around and you bring it in and you're like, I'm gonna at it. And you throw all this stuff on it and it goes to canner. Well, fine. It can canner in an open field without bucking, but once you ask it to canner, it starts bucking. Here's why, in my professional opinion. So there's a thing called IUPF, okay? That's intermittent upward patellar fixation. You have basically, you know, your kneecap, Glenn? That's your horse's stifle. Horses have a third ligament that slides in front of their stifle to help them sleep standing up. But what happens when they are not fit and they've been standing around for 11 years, when they go to canter, that third ligament will slide over in front of the stifle and lock. And the way that a horse, it, it's not pain mediated. It's not painful, but the way that a horse unlocks it is they ask the canter in that extension phase of the leg being out behind them. You should see me talk with my arms. It's amazing. I just hit myself. Um, in that extension phase, that third ligament slides over and then they buck to undo the the, like to get that third ligament out of the way. So what you have to do is you have to actually get your horse fit, but my horse doesn't do it in the, in the pasture. She canters in the pasture fine. That's because you're not asking her to engage and travel on a circle. Jennifer, how many times have people said my horse bucks when it canters and all you need to do is like trot it up hills and get it fit. It's like, like running stadium steps. You know, when you run stadium steps, your, your knees are bad. Jacques says, get some exercise and you run up the steps and you run up a hill and it strengthens your quad, your your muscle that's above your knee. And it strengthens that. Same with horses. Strengthen the horse's hind end and let them go uphill, zigzag down, uphill, zigzag down. If you're afraid to get on her, lead her up dang hills. At least you get some exercise too. Um, but that makes that canter, that lope more comfortable for her when she's she's doing it. So think about the biomechanics of why the horse is doing it. Horses do not exert energy. Write this down, Clint. Horses do not exert energy when they don't have to. If they are creating a, either, be- by the way. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody does especially good. Um, so you just have to get them fit. If you don't have Hills elevated trot poles, anything to make the horses hind end stronger. And then that canner becomes no big deal. I mean, my gosh, baby Groot, I got him. He's like, you know, when I first got him, his butt was two inches higher than his withers and he's just a mess and he doesn't really know where his legs are. And so the whole time we just started really cantering on command a couple weeks ago because he would crow hop. And you guys know, he catapulted me pretty good one time because that he's not comfortable. So you have to make them comfortable. And how you do that is you get them fit. So as far as a training tip goes, just think about that okay think about getting the horse comfortable they do not anytime a horse has a behavior that is something that is using more energy than they have to they're not comfortable there's a reason they never do it <laughs> they don't have to so there Run, you go running
0: up stadium steps would make me grumpy i'm sorry I yeah
4: well, I mean, but you know what? There's other things you can do too to make the horse's hind end more comfortable, and that is changing the shoeing. You can rocker the toes and get the toes to to like quicken the breakover. You know, the the you do you keep it from that extension phase, and that's when the leg is all the way out in the back. And then if you rocker that toe, it breaks over faster. So you got to rocker all four because you don't want to break in over faster and stepping on their front foot. But you do that. You can also do, um, there's like many, many surgical techniques that they can do besides just cutting that ligament so they can't stand, uh, stand up and sleep. So think about that. Get your horse to work. Make it happen and don't blame the horse for bucking and stop putting flipping water jugs on the horse that's ridiculous
0: yeah i never heard of that one and a lot of the uh, uh a lot of the old cowboys would just tell you you haven't done enough groundwork yet he's not ready yet so yeah he's no not ready
4: why are ready. you cantering the horse that just you got 2 months ago that has been standing around for 11 years <clears throat> It doesn't make any sense. Sorry. There you go. So that was a kind of a training tip, but also just a tip out of frustration. I get really frustrated when I see so many people giving people advice that is so aggressive and abusive to the horse when the horse is really just trying its best
0: or so. just trying to figure out what you want. Yeah. yeah that's a big the part. Cues of it. are not uh, good either.
4: What uh, are you telling me? Another one was my horse bolts when it jumps that's because your horse is comfortable they're not going to bolt for any reason other than they are you're not comfortable
0: on the mouth or you're landing really hard why do hand. you know that and you're not a jumper
4: and then these people <laughs> that are jumpers don't know that
0: i've had a to horse... suffer through a lot watching a lot of jumping in my lifetime <laughs> jen, you do pick something up
4: exactly jen like a horse bolts to a jump or after a jump what is happening over the
2: jump um rider is slamming horse in mouth and or back. Pretty
0: much yes. universal. <laughs> yeah.
4: ding, ding, ding. Your horse is bolting before mm-hmm. the jump or after the jump because there's something happening during the jump. Okay. Usually it's you're hitting him in the back or you're pulling him in the mouth. Get better. Ride or better. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Dear God, poor thing. But yes, Glenn yeah, knows the better. answer to that. Just hashtag I'd
0: I also, uh, you know, worked with Emily for a long time in The Jumping Show. And I might have listened to a few of the things. So there's I that. just
4: I, I find that this is like really simple. You know, like some of this is so simple and it's so frustrating yeah, to but me. It's
0: never the writer's fault in a Facebook post.
4: Yeah, but it's always the <laughs> fault. It is always so anyway, I hope that
0: helps a you little bit. You know what I'm saying. All right. Uh, so it is Wednesday and I have a crappy list for you. And it's oh a, good. Kind of a list that makes me scratch my head. It's not horse related, but it makes me scratch my head. We haven't talked about Kickstarter in a long time. And I actually did go on. Remember we used to talk about the horsey things were on Kickstarter? Yes. Well I went on there and I couldn't find any. There were none uh, no. so, and that are active right now. So then I, I went down the rabbit hole and I found the top five most popular and funded things from last week. And I was going, well, OK, let's see what people are putting their money into these days. Number five is the Delta Shovel, a fully collapsible, high-performance shovel. Yes, you heard me correctly. It's a foldable shovel. So, apparently, the shovel needed reinvented, and they invented this foldable kind that folds up. You've seen foldable shovels. They've been around forever. But this is a high-performance shovel. How much would you pay minimum for a high-performance collapsible shovel?
4: Um... I mean, I'm not really a shovel buyer, nor do I need one that's going to fit in my trunk to bury dead bodies, so yeah. probably not too much.
0: Yeah. Well, how about $149 was the minimum you could donate to get one of these shovels? And it was so popular that 683 people what? did it. They wanted $30,000 goal. They raised $150,000 with people buying $150 collapsible shovels.
4: I'm just getting, trying to get people to like one of my posts so I can win a couple months at the gym for free. My God, go to my Facebook page and just click like on my video. I, I don't need your money. I just need likes because the most likes get a free couple months at the gym. Can I congratulate I you?
0: Need. You told me something off the air the other day that you haven't shared on the air, but I'm gonna, Uh-oh. I'm gonna spill the beans now. See,
4: this is why I don't tell you what I'm doing. I know, you make but a I'm gonna
0: congratulate you. Jamie has lost. Did you say four inches off your waist? now five five inches off your waist from kickboxing right
4: yes well that's the only thing i do <laughs> I thrive, so it must be that yeah well it's congratulations awesome. that is
0: pretty awesome you didn't have five inches to lose so i don't know what wh- oh i what's did the story now but...
4: <laughs> you know what it's just nice that i can see a video of myself riding and not cringe
0: well, i mean good. i
4: still there's still work to do but yes are you a black uh, belt
0: yet or do they do belts
4: they don't do belts. It's oh. just all just getting in there and kicking butt. And my farrier now joins. So she and I kickbox every Tuesday. Two- and my best So she does a crappy job. Are thing.
0: you especially rough on her?
4: <laughs> I'm like, you need to get fit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's a marathon runner.
0: <laughs> she could outrun you. Uh, you so number four on this list of uh, most funded things from last week on Kickstarter was the Litmore Battery Cam, a sleek wireless camera with a 365-day battery. Now, this is one that's meant to be put outside, either as a security thing, or you. I guess you could use it as a, a game camera. My brother, I don't know if you're friends with my brother oh my on Facebook. Oh, my God. I've talked to him about it. I want that camera. Oh, my God. Do you see the twin he gets the most amazing wildlife in his backyard in our neighborhood he had twin uh, bambis the other day that were identical so cute uh but he gets bobcats and uh, coyotes all kinds of stuff but anyway this camera will um how much would you pay for for a camera to put outside your door
4: well, I think that I'm looking at these cameras and they are 79.95 or something like that. So I really want to buy one because I want to catch hunters illegally hunting on my property. So I would probably pay about that.
0: Okay. Well, you won't buy this one because apparently <laughs> this one is motion detection. It has 1080p HD and local storage and it's waterproof and blah, 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 blah. 1,843 1, oh. people backed it. They won a $10,000 goal. They've raised $210,000, and the minimum is $460 for one camera.
4: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so $460. Yeah, I'm not buying that camera.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. It's like you can buy these for pretty cheap now. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, but
4: the battery lasts a full year, which, by the way, they probably need the money because they're trying to figure out how to make that technology. <laughs>
0: right. I wish they'd make my phone last more than 12 hours. Um, right. <laughs> how about this one is ridiculous, number three of the top performers last week on Kickstarter is the Acteon Splash Bag, the super affordable dry bag. It is a waterproof bag. You put your wet bathing suits in so it doesn't make everything else wet. Like your car or your luggage. Yes, it's a waterproof Stop. bag. Stop. I'm not Stop. kidding. And not it's not sport. very big. It's a size that you could put your bathing suit in. Or maybe a towel, maybe. Um, so how much would you pay for a waterproof bag?
4: Well, none because I use a Kroger bag or grocery bag <laughs> because I go to the pool with my kid and I put his nasty wet ass bathing suit in there and hopefully I remember to get it out of the car. Before well, molds.
0: Apparently, for $15, <laughs> you could have got one of these. So it's not ridiculously priced. But apparently, a lot of people have this problem because of their $19,000 goal, they raised $55,000 with 1,500 okay. backers. And it's not done yet. We're That's ridiculous. We're in this wrong business. Okay. This, c- is
4: a, this is a bag to put your bathing suit in. Yes. You know they, they give you those for free when you go to the grocery store. <laughs> but okay,
0: this is a waterproof bag, Jamie. It's not any bag. It, it keeps all the water in. Now, don't forget your bathing suit in this waterproof bag because it'll be moldy in about three days. if you. That's leave what
4: it. I'm saying. I just need to remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, number two on the list is the Packed Coffee Kit, the ultra-portable stacking travel coffee kit. So what it is, it's one of those that has the multiple parts and the filter and everything and the little, the little funnel, and it's all in one. So you can make your coffee on the road without using the coffee pot at the hotel, I guess. I, I, it's the best I can tell with this coffee. Is this
4: like a, like make your coffee in the car, like during traffic?
0: No, I don't think you'd want to do that because I think you'd spill it everywhere because you have to pour the hot water over the filter, but the filter fits into the cup. It's kind of all in one unit to make instant coffee, I would think. I don't know. I don't know that much about coffee because I am not a coffee drinker. So you use this coffee kit uh, to make your coffee. Now, how many. Things out there are there to make coffee. About $5 at this point. Go to to Walmart sometime and look at all the coffee makers. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently there was a need for another one. And (laughs) if you donated $150, you could get the all-in-one coffee kit. And 1,646 people decided to do that. Of their $25,000 goal, they raised almost $255,000.
4: That's insane. Yes, we need to come up with the there there's other needs that need to be met. We'll have to find them. Oh, I'm not done. Number okay. one on
0: the list is a the Boaz One fifty and one modular guitar. Now you play guitar, right? I
4: do. I have been known to in the past. Yes,
0: yes. You you used to play guitar on stage. Well, this guitar is, this is kind of cool, actually. I, I will give them credit for cool. This guitar is fully modular. You can switch out the body. You can change several of the parts. You can change the string spacing. You can raise or lower the action in real time. I don't know any of that means, but I'm sure you do. So basically, <laughs> yeah. this is a guitar that comes in parts, and you put on the parts you want. It's modular. You take it apart. Why
4: would you want to change and raise the action of your guitar? I don't know. I mean, not, uh, like, I always like the low action guitar because it makes my, uh, this is probably nerdy, but it, yeah, that's stupid. That's, but
0: I don't know. I, it's kind of cool looking. I give them that. It is cool looking. And for a mere <laughs> $300, you could get the basic guitar bundle.
4: It sounds like crap, but it's modular.
0: That's right. right. It probably does. How much
4: money has been raised
0: for this? Oh, you're going to not like this. So uh, at this point of their $20,000 goal, they have raised $411,000 with 37 days to go. I got to go look at this thing. Do you want me to play (laughs) a little? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The creation of music is a limitless adventure. An infinite amount
0: of... Unless you're Jamie and then it's limited. Uh you know, that totally sounds like me shredding.
1: Form. As guitar players, we don't want our creativity to be limited.
0: He literally takes parts apart and puts it all back together in the video. It's kind of cool, actually. It's an interesting idea. I guess there's you know, you prefer different parts of the guitar. This way you don't have to buy multiple guitars. You just buy the parts.
4: Whatever. There you go. <laughs> that sounds like a waste of We're in of the time. wrong
0: business. We're trying to make a living, entertaining people when we could just invent, reinvent something that's already been invented.
4: I can't even change an easy gullet system, okay, without needing like
0: <laughs> They're easier assistance. than they used to be. They used to be really difficult to change.
4: I don't think they're that much easier. So, yeah, uh, good luck with that, um, yeah. changing your guitar.
0: All right. Tell us about Kevin and Equine.
4: All right, well, Kem and Equine, we'd like to thank them for being a sponsor because millions of Americans do the same thing every January, sign up for a gym membership and resolve to get fit. By this time of year, many of them have already thrown in the towel. Luckily, it's much easier to pump up the performance of your horse. You see, every cell in your horse relies on glucose to fuel its function and growth. Feeding your horse chromium helps optimize the use of glucose so your horse has more energy for body upkeep, health, and performance, ultimately resulting in improved overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Give your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Chemin. Ask for it by name, otherwise you might not get what you pay for. Learn about Chemtrace Chromium at www.kemen.com slash chromium EQ.
0: All right. Our guest is here, and sorry he is.
4: <laughs> well, we've got Steve Kraus, the head of farrier Services at Cornell University. Hello, Steve. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Um, I guess you guys all know what we're going to talk to Steve about. We're going to talk about hubs. So, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm going to um, ask you a question. I have just a random question. No, no knowledge. No necessary. You know, isn't that? It's. Just, I'm asking for a friend. Um, what do you do for a horse that has a dank foot bruise that just will not go away? What is the best thing to do?
0: Um,
3: well, uh, you're talking about a bruise on the sole, and uh, it, it won't go away. There may be an inside problem. Uh, it, it, to me, a bruise would you know, be a, a dark red spot on, on the sole.
4: Yeah. So, so I had, I mean, my it, friend had the vet out and the vet, found the bruise and put the hoof testers on it and just like, yep, it's right here. And so I've been like wrapping it and soaking it. And it's been about a week and a half. My friend, it's been about a week and a half. The
3: bruise itself is not going to disappear until the, the the hoof grows out more or the sole grows out more because you have damaged um, uh, tissue there. You have uh, a bruise is usually uh, the soft tissue between the coffin bone and, and the uh, horny sole. So, uh, that is like a hemorrhage of uh, situation. So it takes time for the bruise to, you know, heal over and, and move out of, uh, away from the, um, sensitive soul. Would you so suggest going to go away, right would, away?
4: Would something that would support him and help him more be it's on a hind foot on the outside would putting shoes on be something you would recommend or just but like let definitely it happen
3: getting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely getting some more of what we call vertical depth with shoes, a boot uh, of some sort would uh, definitely help that horse um, uh, be able to find some comfort anyway. But it has to It's just like if you it's no different than if somebody, uh, uh, if a horse bit you in the arm and bruised your muscle, takes a long time. You have a black and blue mark. It's the same thing. So gotcha. It takes a while to replace the tissue to regenerate and replace.
4: Well, I will tell her that.
3: (laughs) And If you've ever been bit in the arm by a horse, you know what I'm talking about.
4: Uh, Yes, sure do. So what we're going to talk a little bit about too is uh, the hoof health and the You know, I just moved to Oklahoma, and we had, I don't know, six months of rain, and now it's six months of completely dry. And trying to figure out how to manage hooves in extremely wet weather and then extremely dry weather, what are some tips that you would give us for wet and then we'll talk about dry?
3: Okay, well, the two extremes of of moisture are always difficult because one of the biggest effects on hoof uh, health and hoof quality is moisture conditions. So in wet weather, uh, that constant wet weather is probably the toughest to deal with because it actually, uh, softens the, the, the horny hoof wall and sole. So it, it deforms easier. It doesn't hold shoes as well. It breaks apart more. And the best thing, uh, I guess, for that, and that is to try and keep the horse out of a wet environment which means if uh, obviously you're not going to keep them in all the time, but uh, if you can create better drainage in your pastures and paddocks or don't have them turned out in uh, a muddy area all the time, that's the worst for horses feet, constant uh, mud. Um, But high humidity doesn't help either. So in South Florida during the winter, they have problems with high humidity uh, in, in a place like that. And when you, I guess the only thing that could be worse than constant wet conditions is some of the summers we've had here up in upstate New York, where it rains for two weeks and then it dries up for two weeks, then it rains for two weeks. And feet are contracting and expanding and contracting and expanding because that's what they do. They either fill up with more moisture or they, they lose moisture and tighten up. So uh, it, it's really... You know, we're asking how to control the weather.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: So this is a difficult problem, and so you have to be flexible in your in your uh, horse care.
4: So. Um, we've got them contracting and we've got them expanding and we've got, what are some, is there any topical, anything that I can put on my horse is going to make a difference? Like there's the rainmaker and you think about putting rainmaker on a horse's hoof when it's super dry. Is that all BS?
3: Right. Well, I think these things have a certain amount of, of help. Any type of coating that you could put on the outer wall of the horse's foot. That will resist the excessive moisture, can can be of help. Some of the beeswax-type hoof coatings that stick to the foot and and don't have uh, trapped bacteria in there. Um, Tough stuff, which puts a semipermeal membrane on the horse and actually sheds water really well. Um, But that has to be renewed at least once a week. And most of these things, you know, the farrier might put it on, but uh, the horse owner has to follow up once a week with it to, to maintain the coating. And so that, that could help. The other thing that uh, I have found in farriers, again, in South Florida, uh, in the um, moisture conditions find that if, you will, uh, if you're shoeing these horses, if you hot fit uh, the shoes on all these horses, uh, you t- help tighten the foot up. You dry out a little excessive moisture with your hot fitting of the shoes and you kill a lot of the fungi and bacteria that's tr- that's in ever present that's trying to invade that um hoof wall which is quite weak when it's very uh moisture laden.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so hot chewing is going to help. Um is there I feel like horses' feet grow, it seems to me, slower in the winter and faster in the summer. What are some appropriate shoeing or trimming cycles to kind of keep as a baseline?
3: Well, that is correct. And to the best of my knowledge, um, hoof growth tends to follow the length of day. Um, So uh, we're seeing now a reduction in hoof growth here at the end of August. And this is where we are in upstate New York, but and the days are shorter. Uh, I get up early, and now it's a little dim when I'm getting up early, where it used to be quite bright. So that's fo- you know, so the hoof growth follows that cycle; it lags behind it. So we start seeing feet uh, really start growing faster um, here in upstate New York in March before there's really any pasture. So it's not the grass effect or anything. But it's that you know the length of daylight has been increasing and now it's been decreasing since the end of June. So there's a certain amount of cyclic stuff available to the horse that influences um how fast so far when. And then some horses, um your shoeing cycle in the summer could be four to five weeks. And the same horse during the winter could be six to eight weeks.
4: So, you so have to
3: basically.
4: It seems like all that it concentrates on either growing hair or growing hoof. You're either going to get a winter coat Correct. or a new hoof. That's, I never it's thought very of that. very similar.
3: That's right. amazing. So it follows that same idea. Did I say light bulb, bulb moment? Noticed- Can I just put right.
4: that out there? Right. I mean, my gosh, <laughs> that is a light bulb moment. I didn't know that it followed the the light and it's like, it it's like it redirects it to the hair or the hoof. Sorry, Steve. That's, We're just fascinated right.
3: by that. So, you probably noticed this time of year or in September, your horses are shedding a little bit here and there because they're preparing to grow a winter coat, especially in the northern climates.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That is fascinating, right, Jen? That's like, I never thought of that. So, what are some, it being that it is competition season most around most of the places around the world, you know, are there any special things that you would recommend for people that are competing their horse to to keep horse hoof health active?
3: Well, I, I think one of the things that my clients do on a regular basis over the years is they schedule their shoeing uh, along with their competitions. So they keep the horses on the proper schedule. And so they're not entering a competition, for instance, at the end of a shoeing cycle, especially if you're endurance racing or anything that's um, you know, really strenuous and everything. You want your horse to be the best he can be. Mm-hmm. And um so that's what my clients do is pay attention to their competition, event schedule, horse show schedule. And occasionally we may, you know, we may book appointments or tentatively look appointments like three cycles ahead looking at that calendar. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh you, you do make adjustments for various reasons. But if you really keep everything where it should be, then you have fewer problems like lost shoes or horses stumbling or, or you know, just things that, you know, are, are horseshoeing related because you're keeping everything closer to the optimum.
4: Awesome. Uh, You know, one of my favorite things to do is to go onto y'all's Facebook page and see the things that you post, Steve, and and how fascinating and amazing the strides you guys are making in learning more and helping horses uh, at your farrier school. So give a plug for the school and for your Facebook page and and where people can get a hold of
3: you. Great. So we have um, the oldest continuing operating horseshoeing school that I know of in the United States. We're 105 years old. Um, And we have the lowest student to instructor ratio. We only take four students at a time for 16 weeks. And it's a very comprehensive course. Uh, We teach. uh, The the idea is to come out of here understanding and applying the basics well. Anything we can add on top of that, of some of the stuff you see on the Facebook page and the, the hospital cases and lame horses we work on, that's experience. That's great. But you're not ready to do that. But to be able to do a good job, understand the principles of trimming, fitting, and so on, anatomy, and and hoof diseases, confirmation, that's what my students do real well with. And they continually tell me that all I'm doing is fixing the basics, which weren't done right. And the horses are going so much better. Mm -hmm. So visit us on our Facebook page, Cornell Barrier Program. And come and visit us uh, here at Cornell if you're interested in that.
4: Fantastic. Well, Steve Krause, Head of Farrier Services at Cornell, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on.
3: Yeah, we're looking forward to that, too. And have a good day. It's always great to talk with you guys. Thanks, Thanks,
4: Steve. Steve.
0: So that's the lowest uh, Mm -hmm. student-to-teacher ratio in the world, four to one. That's.
4: I mean, that's amazing. I wish first grade did that. That's hands-on
0: right there. (laughs) You know, all this talk about horses' feet made me think about where they walk, which made me think about Jared Rogerson, which made me think about his song, Dirt, which we haven't played in a long time. So
4: That was a real long way around that. I stretched
0: into that one. I was trying to find a way to... It's actually what made me think of the song, though. So here it is, Dirt, and we're coming back. We have some more weird news, and then we have some really, really old news with Abby in the Chronicle and History segment coming up up very shortly.
1: Dirt is what this land's made of. Work is what this ranch is made of. No amount of money can buy. No amount of money can buy. Is what them coats put on me Curse is my response immediately And sometimes I don't know why No amount of money can buy It's a hard, hard life But we got what we came for And there is no one reason why No amount of money can buy She does with me And it works She's got a good hold on me And no amount of money can buy No amount of money can buy Shirts We give them off our backs I'm sure Cause out here we do it like that There's a feeling that you can't deny It's something no amount of money can buy It's a hard, hard life well, we got what we came for, and there is no one reason why. No amount of money can buy this dirt. <music> dirt is where the best roads lead. Dirt. It's how I know I'm really free And I wouldn't trade this way of life For anything It's a hard, hard life But we got what we came for And every day is a miracle Like the green, green grass That grows about it It's a hard, hard life But we got
0: Grab a hundred and twenty-four dollar special shovel if you go to Kickstarter right now, <laughs> made out of gold. So that was Jared Rogerson with his song "Dirt." He has a brand new album out. We're trying to get him on. We're gonna get that done, Jamie. We need to get that done. Uh, yes. We're trying to do a special episode where we talk about his new album, his new songs. He's always a lot of fun. So we'll we'll be we'll be working on that. But in the meantime, Jennifer, you came home. Oh, geez, it was. Uh, and then it's rained for a week after vacation, and you hadn't get the ride. So the first time out in the month, I bet you you were glad you had some stirrup leathers from Total Saddle Fit.
2: Yes, because Nigel had had four weeks vacation. That's, that's not a good thing when you're... yee So I was very happy to have my Total Saddle Fit Stability stirrup leathers because they're wider on that top part of the loop. You know, English stirrup, but there's a big loop. It's wider on the top, narrower underneath. So it helps your leg be more stable and secure. Very happy to have those when the hijinks happened, and they did. And to boot, because I'm out of shape and susceptible to le- to blisters, I was very, very happy, because unlike copycat wide stirrup leathers, these are very thin under your leg. It's like they're almost not there. So I was avoiding blisters and rub marks. And because it's total saddle fit, you can buy them at totalsaddlefit.com. And if you don't love them to death, and you, I'm sorry, but you will, you get free shipping both ways. They'll 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 ship them back to you for free and refund your money. So it's a no-risk op- operation right there. Yeah.
4: Yeah, they're great. So check them out at Totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Glenn, you mentioned dirt. I'm gonna talk about sand. Okay, so give me, let me, let me, I've got some news. Let's hear the news sounder. If you read the headline, it says French couple facing six years in jail after police st- say they stole sand from a beach in Italy. That's right. Facing six years in jail after police say they stole sand from a beach in Italy. Apparently, it is illegal to steal or take any sand from Sardinia, Italy, which is a beautiful island. Um, It is.
0: How much sand did they take? Like a truckload?
4: Well, you think, okay, you know, I mean, one time I went to the green sand beach at the Southern tip of the big Island and you don't take anything from Hawaii because it's like super bad luck to take something from Hawaii. So we get home and take Chad's bathing suit out of the suitcase. We didn't have a dry bag at that time.
0: (laughs) I know we can get one of those for $15.
4: (laughs) And he had buckets of sand because he went out in the ocean and men's bathing suits have Pockets. Yeah. so his pockets are full of this green sand so we didn't mean to steal it but we stole it so i don't think that that was punishable by six years in jail however um these people did not just take a pocket full of sand they took 14 bottles of sand adding up to 90 pounds of sand
0: <laughs> weren't they what? Proud of them? i mean the bag limit's 50 pounds i don't know what are you gonna do with
4: 90 Gifts? pounds of
0: sand I sell it on ebay i don't know
4: They said, the couple said, we didn't know. We didn't know it was a crime. Police say beaches on the island include signs in multiple languages, alerting visitors to the regulations. What's so so special uh,
0: about the sand, by the way?
4: uh, Probably because it's illegal to take it.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It must be some special sand.
4: All right. Moving on. Next story. So uh, we're going to go to Florida of course, a Florida, man. Florida, a Florida, man. So do you know what a kinkajou is, Glenn?
0: No idea. What's a kinkajou?
4: It's like a little monkey honey bear type thing. It's a, apparently a relative of the raccoon and native to Central and South America. OK, it's like hmm. tiny and it's cute and it is uh, not a pet that you can just is it have. A monkey? It's like a little monkey thing, okay. a monkey raccoon but it's like brown. I don't know. It's a kinkajou. It's just a thing. Um, So this man is standing in his kitchen and he looks outside and he's like, what's that outside my window? Well, what he didn't know is it's a kinkajou. So he's like... I need to start feeding it. So he goes outside and he leaves it a bunch of watermelon. And the kinkajou is very appreciative to have the watermelon. So he eats all the watermelon. And the next day, the man looks outside and the kinkajou is still outside. So he goes outside to take it food again. A kinkajou immediately attacked him, the report says, biting him on the ankles and the the calves, drawing blood. Apparently, the sounds of his screams woke his girlfriend, thought somebody was breaking into the house. It was like, apparently, this completely psychotic kinkajou that attacked this guy. They just typically eat fruit. They're, they're like, yeah, they have little looking sharp claws teeth. i pictures of indeed. these things.
0: They got some teeth, too.
4: It left scratches and bike marks all (laughs) over his right leg, calf, shin, and his left foot. (laughs) So basically it had jumped on him and he couldn't get it off of him. So he ran into the house and like trapped it. It, like shook it off its leg into the bathroom. Okay. And they closed the bathroom door. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office came and got the kinkajou.
0: God, what what, don't we have that'll kill you in Florida? Apparently everything, even kinkajous.
4: they're suppo- they took it to a licensed wildlife facility. Kinkajou owners in Florida would need to apply for a Class 3 wildlife permit. But guess who had the permit? He did? Nobody! Oh, <laughs> big surprise. <laughs> so, just wild kinkajous in, in Florida, apparently. Yeah, so, yeah, there have. you
0: go. And they have massive claws. I mean, it's an odd-looking animal, that is for sure.
4: Yeah, it wow. is. A... That's why I'm saying that you're like it's not a monkey. It's not a I, I know. It almost I don't
0: looks know. like a panther, and just a... I mean, it's a weird looking animal. It's got a lot the of cat features the... too, except for those the... teeth. Ugh.
4: The, the girlfriend's quote is, it sounded like a 300-pound man, man was tackling him in the kitchen. Oh, we will geez. probably f- never forget this. Everyone <laughs> is like, only in Florida. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, would you take that or the alligator at your door? Which would you rather have? I mean,
4: Give me a kinkajou.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at least you can kick it or something. <laughs> yeah, you at least got a chance, right?
4: Um, oh We are God. going to now head to California. <laughs> the other... Heading over to California, a man has been sentenced to just over eight years in federal prison. Do you know why, Glenn?
0: Probably (laughs) not. California could be anything.
4: He was smuggling drugs from China. So you get Chinese drugs, you're smuggling drugs, and oh, no, he's not smuggling like marijuana like last time. This guy had $11 million Worth of erectile dysfunction drugs,
0: Viagra.
4: (laughs) Exactly, eleven million dollars of Viagra that he smuggled in from China, and he will be going to jail. That is a man that really needs his hoo ha (laughs) to work.
0: That's a lot of the Chinese now. They're taking it. They're making everything.
4: I know. It's it's cheaper there. (laughs) No, one last story. One last story. Okay. Okay, and now we're going to head to one of my favorite places on the planet, the Newark Airport, (laughs) one of the most beautiful, lovely places to be in the entire country, the Newark Airport. Okay, so you go through security, Glenn. Okay, you're going through security, and you're like, "Mm, wallet, keys, do I have my ID, do I have my ticket, all that stuff. You get all your stuff. Sometimes things get left behind, okay? Okay. Uh, so this time it was something that they've never seen that was left behind. A 15 inch long snake was spotted by a young girl (laughs) And, and apparently the TSA said she heeded the, if you see something, say something. And she alerted a TSA officer to let them know that in a bin, there was a thin 15 inch black snake yellow band around its neck. It is considered harmless. They did not kill it. They took it away, and they had to shut down TSA to catch the snake. And what I think...
0: And the screaming people that were running out of the TSA system. Exactly.
4: Exactly. Uh, The TSA New Jersey Federal Security Director Tom Carter reports it's common for travelers to accidentally leave items at the checkpoint. Typically, people leave items such as their keys, sunglasses, ID hats, and gloves, but this is the first time someone has left a snake behind. We have a fairly Robust lost and found program that reunites passengers with their lost items, but this passenger doesn't need to call us about a snake. <laughs> now,
0: Do you, oh, I know what you're thinking. What? Yeah. Um, Who
4: left their snake behind?
0: Yeah. Here, I have a. I have a theory. Yeah.
4: I think it's just infested with snakes yeah, in Newark.
0: Or your the snake is, was in the. How would a snake be in a bag? You don't notice it though. Like your,
4: I mean, come on. I think that. You guys, uh, been Now they're going to have to, to the the add something Airport. else
0: to the list that they say 5,000 times while you're waiting in the long line. Please take off your shoes, your belts, take your computers out of the bag, and all snakes <laughs> must go in their own bin. They must go in their own bin. They're going to have to add to that, the sign.
4: <laughs> I think that the Newark Airport and TSA agents are just trying to cover the fact that the place is infested with snakes (laughs) (laughs) so good luck
0: well they do eat rats so there's that and it is newark so maybe Uh, the snakes are a good idea
4: and these are the articles that i find when i can't sleep at night and for all the
0: people who live in new jersey you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. At least they don't have kinkachus or whatever they are.
4: <laughs> Attack vicious kinkachus.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's go next to Abby. Abby works with the Chronicle of the Horse, and she comes on once a month to give us the Chronicle in history. That's right. The Chronicle was smart when they started and they kept all of their newspapers back like a thousand years because the Chronicle was here when people were writing in blood with, uh, with you know. <laughs>
4: it was written, the first was, one was on papyrus.
0: Yes, it was. And they had to <laughs> pound it out. And that's about when the first one was. Is that, are we right, Abby? Is that what you're finding in the archives?
5: Uh- about right although i'm concerned that you jump straight to blood
0: they, <laughs> well you know we just took a tour of england I, I
5: would not have wanted to be in your
0: village yeah we just took a tour of england and scotland and let me tell you when you take the history That's tours right. of england scotland all they talk about is blood uh jamie will vouch for that you Absolutely. go to the tower of london you're going to hear more about blood than anything else so it's crazy it's uh. true. So, so
4: what yeah. uh what what did you find for us abby
5: well, I found a couple things. I found three really fun headlines just about the times I chose 1994 today um, for our, our look back. Which oh God, that like was like forever ago. ago. God, it's like <laughs> so I know. long
4: ago,
0: jeez, It's hard to but believe that like was 25, 25 years ago.
5: Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I found three articles and I'm sorting through and then I found this gold mine. I'm going to save it for last, but it's an entire page of essentially like when people are selling horses, what they say versus what they mean from 1994. And as we find out every time I come on, nothing has changed. So yes. <laughs> That's going to be our our uh, finale today. But uh, otherwise, I have three um, news articles slash advertisements that I thought were really interesting. Um, the first one is, so 1994 was a world equestrian game year. Uh, I was in Holland from July 27th to August 7th. And one of the ads that I found was for, I obviously did not have live scoring on the internet. Um, there was a hotline that you could call to get your equestrian results at the World Equestrian Games. So they charged you a cents per minute. Um, you had to be 18 or older to call. And it was available from any rotary dial or touch phone in the United States. Um, and so they had show jumping, dressage, like all, the, all of the disciplines. And you could call to hear who was favored to do well, um, behind the scenes, different results, um, interviews with the winners. So that was how we got our, our
4: World Was it a woman with a really
0: breathy school. voice?
4: I swear, Mom, it was for the <laughs> results of the show. <laughs> oh, I swear. I swear that's what it was
5: for. I don't know. Maybe two and one. I I don't know. I did not call. <laughs> 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 I do wonder if the number is still active.
4: You got Hello. In the air. Thank you for calling <laughs> to find out the results. Why does this seem so rules. funny <laughs> now? Call the number right now. Call it. Call it. Call it. Glenn, what's the number? What's the number? <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll have I'm Glenn scared. call it. Glenn can call it. Do it. All
0: right. Let's see. Uh, you know it's going to be some business, right? All right. Thank blank. you for calling the uh, World do equestrian you have the number? <laughs>
5: <hotline>. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have it. Okay. What is it? All right, it's one nine hundred. Oh no, my. I can't call that. <laughs> Your what? wife
4: is on the line. You're not going to get. A I don't even. Th- I
0: don't even think nine hundred numbers exist anymore.
4: I'll call it on they my cell phone right now.
0: I, I you, it's going to charge oh, you my four thousand dollars a minute for whatever you're calling. It's going to be no. That's actually, one ninety
4: eight.
0: Skype system will not allow me to call 900 numbers.
4: <laughs> What's the number I'll call oh, it on my man. All right. Well,
5: call if it. anybody wants to try it, it's one nine hundred nine three 933 ride and I'm not responsible for anything that happens. <laughs>
4: D-E. Okay, I'm calling it on my own speaker. All right. Let's see. Let's, let's hear, see. hear what it oh is. Yeah, I, I
0: can't call it. <laughs>
4: the call you are attempting to place is not
2: allowed from this line.
0: No, nah, you're not allowed to call it either. Oh.
2: <laughs> my husband is <laughs> blocked, blocked
0: you. Apparently, Chad's blocked by you from all the good stuff.
4: Damn it. <laughs>
5: i tried oh, man maybe i was hoping they still had news like it was going on today that would be <laughs> so i guess the interwebs not so much a thing back then sad um although it did feel like that recently with the pan am games trying to like update those live scores i i was in millbrook new york at the horse trials there and we could not get service it was we were stabled right near philip and we, we we're you know, text going over to his groom to see if she had any information. Nobody had anything. It was a disaster. So maybe we need a phone line again. Who knows?
0: <laughs> there we go. Because the internet doesn't work apparently. So
5: right. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> um so the next one I found, and I need I need an assist on this one because I am not, nor do I claim to be a vaulting expert. Um I think it's awesome. I have never tried it. I would hurt myself terribly. But this article, um, apparently they were, the vaulting world was having a conflict over helmets in 94. Um, <laughs> I did go to look up because when I was thinking about it, I don't, I don't even, I assume the vaulters, I've never pictured them wearing helmets. No, but they, don't wear they don't helmets. wear helmets. No. But I don't know. No. But apparently they, the 4-H leaders made it mandatory in 94, um, effective July 1st, that all youth and adults partici- to participating in 4-H equestrian activities through vaulting had to wear a helmet. Um, and people came out and argued that um, this really throws off our balance when we
0: have. To- yeah, they were like huge back then. There were big bowls on your head. They weighed right. a ton. <laughs> it's
5: like- so, uh, anyone that's involved in 4H vaulting, I don't even know if they still do that. Let me know if you're wearing helmets. But I do know that that is that is not uh, currently. We're not watching vaulters at the Olympics with helmets
0: on. That's a graceful look um, when you're wearing one of the old hunt caps while you're trying to vault. That's a great Man, right.
5: I mean, you knock it off.
4: Yeah. In '94, that was a giant salad bowl. Yeah. On and your head. Did they even have right?
0: straps under the chin? I guess they did. I guess it goes back further when they didn't have straps. Some but... of them. Yeah.
5: yeah. I mean, if I need, if I were to try to vault, I would need like pillowcases strapped to myself, bubble wrap around the arm, a yes. like, football helmet. It would be terrible. <laughs>
4: Just um, give me some wine, I'll vault. Let's go.
5: There you go. That that's the other armor you can use. <laughs> The third article was actually very cool about the um, first intercollegiate invitational riding meet. So it was hosted at Cornell. Um, They developed a movement among college equestrians to um, have them come together. And I believe it was an equitation. Um, It said, of course, as riding meets, as far as riding meets go, there are no entry fees. And I just laughed and laughed and (laughs)
1: laughed.
5: Um, But, this was the first, it looks like this was, um, you know, this is, oh no, this is actually a look back. So this was, they reran articles from even further back. Um, so that would have been 1954. That's my um, bad. I didn't
0: look at what section it was in. 1954. But they where... re-ran the I thought it was, about, about, yeah. I thought it was about 60 years ago, so that'd be about right. Yeah.
5: Yep. So that's, you know, celebrating the 60 year anniversary now. So very cool. Thanks, Cornell, for doing that. I was not very good on my. I wonder what entry fees were to
0: horse shows in 1954. $10. You could enter $2 stable. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
5: They probably paid you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. So now we have it's called Reading Between the Lines What Horse Folk Really Mean. It was written by Cookie McClung, and I have seen articles by this person before and they are they never fail they are hilarious um so these are mostly about horses for sale and what people say versus what they mean um, in 1994 and it's all the same so i will read kind of what the what the seller might say and then i will read this uh this journalist opinion on, on
0: what's Which really is going really on really funny, so. because she was picking on the people who put the ads in the Chronicle to sell their horse. <laughs> if you think about it. That, that's how they were sold back then, yeah. You had the yeah, newspaper where you sure. paid by the word, so you always tried to abbreviate everything. Uh-huh. And then uh, the Chronicle. That's the two places where you could sell a horse. There you go. Yeah. So we may have, I mean, I could probably look in the
5: classifieds and find these exact phrases and, and know what this journal <laughs> thinks of them. <laughs> um the first one is this horse shows a lot of potential obviously we still say that um apparently that means this is an eight-year-old who has yet to find a niche in his equine life his previous owners tried a variety of careers including racing he wouldn't break from the gate showing he wouldn't go in the ring driving he made matchsticks out of a meadow brook dressage he was dyslexic and did the test backwards polo he kept stepping on the ball and fox hunting he's anti-blood sport he's currently been relegated to a babysitter for the Family's pet Sicilian donkey,
4: <laughs> but he has lots of potential. Uh, lots of
0: potential for something.
5: Lots of potential, right? You just got to find out what it is. Um, he's a little spooky about the water. Forget riding any cross-country with streams.
0: His court. This horse needs
5: a straw to drink out of his water bucket. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't take a check for ten thousand for this horse, but I'd take five hundred dollars in cash and run like a bandit. <laughs>
0: Do people um, buy horses
4: <laughs> with checks anymore?
0: That's another good idea. I don't know. Maybe if you really check. knew think... the per- if the two people knew each other, but otherwise, yeah. would you? I mean, even back when we were true. buying and selling but... horses, we were only taking cash. Or yeah, I did
4: cash for yeah. my
0: yeah. yeah. Just PayPal me. It'll be fine.
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but can't they, t- <laughs> they do stop a that, too? PayPal thing.
0: <laughs> Can you stop PayPal after you've done it? Oh, Jamie knows all about that. Yeah. I don't I don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay. Listen. The answer is yes then, so don't take PayPal. To... Um Cash.
4: It's it depends on the situation, right, Jamie? <laughs> you know what, Glenn? Let's move on to the next one. I don't want to talk about my PayPal mishap. Abby, how do you know about that? Did
0: I talk about that on the show? God, I'm an idiot. Oh, you did. You uh, talked about it. Yeah, Abby okay, remembers that so, I hey, don't. What? Let's call a 900 number.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so I I bought a horse, and I was like, I'll PayPal you the money. And her name was Jen. Uh, and so I sent the money to her name, Jen, and her last name. But it turns out I sent the money to Jan oh, with the same last that's right.
0: Name. You sent it to somebody and, completely different. And <laughs> Jan also, oddly
4: enough, has a
0: PayPal account.
4: And so I put $2,500 into some
0: random stranger's thing. And Did now you I ever will... get oh, it back? I don't remember what happened.
4: Oh, God. I am... She was like, where's the money? And I'm like, I sent it to you. She's like, no, you didn't. And I was like, it said it went through. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I call PayPal like, immediately. I'm freaking out. And then PayPal- The fact that like... somebody
0: actually answered the phone is amazing. That's Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah exactly. It's right. It took me 20 minutes to find a number to call on the dang thing. And so I call them and they're like, mm, you're screwed. <laughs> and I was like, no, but apparently I put the money in her PayPal account, but she hadn't Jan hadn't pulled it out of her money. If she had stuck it into her bank account, I'd be done, but they were able to pull it out in time. But yes, now if anybody wants me, they will invoice me and I'll pay the invoice.
0: With cash. Moving on. Yeah. Moving
4: on.
5: <laughs> yeah. I panic every time I use PayPal now, just because of you, Jamie. You're welcome. <laughs> Triple check that email. Yeah. <laughs> Word to the wise. And I've done that. I've actually done
0: that where I sent the wrong, I did an Amazon gift card for somebody and I put it to somebody else's email address. And by the time they got it and I was friends with both of them. So what do you say to the person you're friends with? Oh, I didn't mean to send that to you. Hey, (laughs) give me that back. (laughs) So you buy a second gift card. Suckers. And then the first oh, yeah. friend asked, what was that for? Just because I like you. That's oh, my why. God. You're,
4: you're such a sucker. I'd be like, hey, They're I'm like- going to call you. <laughs> are like,
0: Glenn's being real friendly. Yeah, me? geez, sending me gift card. <laughs> <laughs> I won the lottery. That's awesome.
4: Jamie's yeah. going, damn, I why d- wasn't I, d- I the
0: friend? I didn't get no gift card. I
4: know. Yeah, I didn't know you did that by accident. To
0: <laughs> yeah, you would have known. You would have known it wasn't meant for you.
4: <laughs> and I wouldn't have given it back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then i tell you what the panic was when I figured it out. I was like, and it was a business thing, so I wasn't too panicked, but I was a little panicked what I wrote on the note. Because I thought, if the note doesn't make any sense to this other friend, but is really weird, and it was just thank you. So it was like, whew.
4: You're like, oh my. here's your money. Yes. The number is 199. Yeah, it wasn't really an accident. That's yeah. just what
5: Glenn tells Jen.
4: Yeah, that's right.
5: <laughs> exactly.
4: Exactly. She's listening. Go ahead. What was there, Are there any more? We're totally oh, no, steering are. you um, off course. Sorry. That's fine.
5: Um, this one says, you could take this old mare out cross-country in just a halter and a lead shank. And the translation is, you could also jump out of a stealth bomber with an umbrella.
4: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you could take her out in cross-country with a halter and grazer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I love these. I mean, I, and I, again, I always do these with these either cartoons or something. I'll post the picture to the Horses in the Morning page and the Auditor page. There are probably 25, 30 of them, um, but all still relevant. This one will make Glenn cry. Um, it says, he's not really picky, he but he does like good hay. And the translation is alfalfa straight at $10 a bale. Yeah, for like 30. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh-huh. $10 a bale. Wow. That's yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we paid 35 now. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for reference, I just looked it up. Uh apparently cell phones stopped allowing you to call nine hundred numbers in two thousand twelve. So no wow, cell we phone. Just they're so just close. they're eliminated. Yeah. You
4: think I would know that? I mean all the nine hundred numbers I've tried to dial <laughs> right. since then, but God
0: other countries apparently still have them, and you can still get billed your nineteen ninety five a minute. Uh
4: Turn on the TV oh. in the middle of the night and you see those things. Don't you have to, like, uh, maybe you have to have a landline
0: uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> to call Sheila. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you need to, sleep more. Mom, you really need to sleep more. You really need to sleep more.
4: I know. I do.
0: <laughs> Abby, thank you so much for joining us again. This is always a fun segment. It's a Chronicle in History. Where can people find the Chronicle?
5: That's going to be Cronofhorse.com, uh, Chronicle of the Horse on Facebook, and at Cronofhorse on Instagram. Give us a follow. There's a lot going on in the equestrian world right now, and you know we
4: like to be either the first or second to get to it,
5: okay, <laughs> so bef- we
0: will keep you updated. Before Do you- not
4: let your bosses hear this segment, please. They will never let you come back on. <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was I was gonna bring this up because Jemmy was supposed to be here today, but she got convention flu and is really sick. So uh, I wanted to bring this up because our episode in Sarah our Finding Florida episode from Sarasota just came out last night. And I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you guys both if you would do this. So she was brave. She has vertigo and is scared of heights, but she actually did the trapeze. So we went to trapeze school at the circus and she climbed the 40-foot ladder and did trapeze, swinging back and forth, feet over the bars. The whole thing, you'll hear how she made out in, in the episode. Would either of you try it? Now, you're I strapped in. There's a rope. Next. You're not going to kill yourself. Okay.
5: Didn't we say wine first and then yeah? Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Give me a glass of wine. And I'm
4: in. Woo-hoo! Yeehaw! Yeah. That's I, always the answer.
0: I don't think they let you do it drunk, though, your first time. Probably, <laughs> probably have to wait a few. you're allowed to do it drunk. Would you do it, Abby? Probably. Jamie?
4: Uh, there's ropes, yeah. I'm never jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, but I could do that.
0: Yeah. You know what the scariest yeah. part was? They used one of those very long aluminum expandable ladders, and it's tied to the top thing where you climb up the little you know, little platform, and that's what you climb up with it shaking, and the thing's fully stretched out. And she did say that was the scariest Ooh. part, was climbing the ladder.
4: And yeah, on Kickstarter, like. <laughs> you can find that collapsible version on Kickstarter. Yes,
0: that's right.
4: <laughs> it all ties you together. You set this up in your backyard.
0: Well, if you want to hear how she made out and her screaming, you can turn into, tune into dot <laughs> com. the latest episode from Sarasota. Well, thank you, Abby. We appreciate you it. joining us. Take care. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, lunch. Abby. Bye. Love you, Bye. me, Nick. Bye. I love that segment. I know. She, and she's so much fun. I'm glad she, glad she volunteered to do that. And, and she volunteered to do it because she was just looking. We used to do it years ago. I mean, years ago when we first started. And then she was looking through. Their, their, they actually have a library of all the old past issues. And it goes back, what, 100 years? So she was having so much fun looking back that she said, let's revive that. And I said, yes, let's do that. Perfect. Really Bad Ads. We need some for Friday. it would be my first time reading a really bad ad in a month. So send your really bad ads into to jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. That's jennifer at com. We appreciate that. Uh, we've had some nice emails lately. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, we don't need to bring up her name, but I don't know if you noticed the one that was sent to you yesterday. Um, I forwarded it over. If you haven't seen it yet, you're going to want to take a look. It will make your day. I
4: wanted to give her a little shout out. Hold on. What's her first name?
0: Let's just give her first name. But uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to send us an email, you can do so. Glenn at horseradionetwork.com or jamie at horseradionetwork.com.
4: Her name is Michelle, and she is a new listener to Horse Radio Network, and she loves the content. It's so relevant and diverse, and this is my favorite part. And Jamie is just so dang funny. I love you! (laughs)
0: Great. Well, thank Sweet. you, Michelle. And if you want to say, by the way, if you're going to send nasty emails, you send it to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're sending glowing emails, you can send it to either one of us. But uh, we, we don't want the bad ones. So send those to somebody else. Thanks, everybody. We'll <laughs> talk to you again tomorrow. All right, neuter, Neutergeld. You're I welcome, le- Kayla. What did I learn today? Just more stuff that's gonna kill us in Florida.